This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. We're recording this episode during the pandemic and we're in Germany, so we're sort of like easing restrictions. But when this first um, broke out and you and I were emailing, um, you had written and shared this really great article about how some people aren't safe in their own homes and how domestic violence is going to be on the rise because of this lockdown, which it is, you know, and 60% pretty much right. across the globe. Um, and you had also shared this really great clip where a man um, was talking about his, uh, you know, triggers toward violence and anger. And he was discussing different ways that, men or aggressors can um, deal with their anger before they become violent. And I just wanted to talk about, I don't know, male anger and male violence and why this seems to be so pervasive. Um, Because there's so many men. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, funny, but not funny. It's like, I've thought about this a lot, how... Um, if there were less men, there'd be less violence. <laughs> I mean, of Just course, a thought. It's <laughs> no, I I like men. Um, Some of my best friends. <laughs> it's the you know, of course, this is a, a a stereotype, but I think um, as women, we are able to access you know a fuller range of emotions, and it seems like sometimes with men that all of them kind of manifest if there's going to be a complicated or hard emotion that it might come out as anger. And I experienced that in my marriage and I've experienced that um, with other men in my life where they really can't get into pain or fear like some of these other emotions. And then it ends up things coming out as rage or anger. Right. I think, um, There's a lot in that particular subject in general. What I found interesting at the beginning of the confinements um, is I had this conversation with two different men about the rise of domestic violence um, or the the suspected rise of domestic violence because we didn't know that yet, but we figured probably. And I I was explaining to them why... um, suspending sports games was going to contribute to that. And I said, you know, there's been a lot of studies done that when a a, a sports team wins, a guy punches his wife. When a sports team loses, a guy punches his wife. And he he punches his wife out of, I, you know what, I don't know. But the the point is, is that it, it's in those two situations. And I said, um, so now that there's no sports, people are going to be shuttered inside their homes for we don't know how long. And now there's no sports to watch. So 
the guy's going to punch his wife. And both these men said, but that's, no, that's not how it works. If there's no sports, then there's no reason to do it. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly how domestic violence works. And, and I was thinking like, do you not, do you not understand that? Because these are both men who have in the past at various times gotten angry at me and taken their anger out on me or whether they were angry at me or not. Actually, I don't, think they were in both cases but but they have taken their anger out on me not physically but it's been directed at me so i thought that's fascinating because you you don't even see how you release your anger on women this guy in the video is named jerry hyde and he's a psychologist who's worked with um a lot of domestic violence cases on the side not like taking sides with but working with the perpetrators as opposed to the victims. So it was really interesting um, listening to him talk about, so the video is five tools to um, help control your violence during quarantine. And he says during this time, he said, you know, you're, a lot of emotions start to come up. You start to feel kind of caged and jittery and, and, and you're also, you don't know what's happening and, um, and we don't know what to do with these emotions. And then he talks about how to recognize the signs when things are starting to tip towards a danger point, what the steps are that leads to violence and how we can stop things along the way. It's a really, really good video. Um, But what was interesting is he's talking about, you know, all these emotions come up. And I feel like men, men are not given the same tools to deal with their emotions that women are, which is kind of what you were saying. Often I'm asked, you know, don't you think you should be, you know, teaching men not to hurt women instead of teaching women how to defend themselves? And I, I always, you know, my reply is like, yeah, but women, you know, men are hurting women right now. Self-defense is for right now. It's not for another generation because that's what that's going to take. I think that, Girl, you know, there's been all those studies of like girl magazines versus boy magazines, right? And boy magazines are all about, you know, all the adventures you can go on and all the cool things you can do with your life and science and rockets and, you know, be strong and brave and creative and go anywhere and there's no limits. And girl magazines are all about clothes and boys and maybe some jewelry and some pop music and what does it feel like to get your period for the first time and all of these things. And And those studies have always focused on the imbalance of, you know, the opportunities available for boys and the social cues for boys as opposed to the opportunities and social cues for girls. But what they don't talk about is that the advantage of those girl magazines is they talk about feelings all the time, all the time. Girls learn from a really young age, what is this feeling? This is what it's called. This is what we do with it. They learn it from their mothers, their sisters, their grandmothers, all the female influences they have in their family networks, their friends when they go to school, the magazines, pop songs for girl, you know, I don't know about boy pop songs, but all of these are, you know, here are all your range of emotions. Mm -hmm. You know exactly how to identify it. You know exactly how to deal with it or you're learning how to deal with it. And boys, meanwhile, you know, like, 
forget about being a scientist or, you know, doctor or whatever because your feelings. Boys, on the other hand, are all like, doctor, scientist, anger. You get the one feeling. Right. You're happy or you don't feel anything at all or you're angry. So I think you're angry. And I think what happens with boys. But anger, if you think about that, and maybe this is this is because of like how we've been socialized, but anger has a certain power to it. You know, anger looks masculine and, you know, anger and even as women, like we're actually kind of taught not to express anger, right? That's Mm -hmm. actually, it is the emotion reserved for men. Right. And and, and it looks masculine because that's how we're socialized to see it. Right. But I also think that anger is, um, it's, I mean, anger is the easiest emotion for any human to access. It's the easiest one to kind of pull up. You know, and anger is also a bridge. It's a connection to another human being. It's a not very well-built bridge usually and one that often burns. But nonetheless, it is a bridge. And that bridge means, you know, if I use anger towards you, then you're going to give me a reaction. That is a kind of connection. Mm -hmm. It's maybe not the most loving and supportive connection, but it is a kind of connection. And that's really what I'm going for when I'm using anger. So because boys don't have the vocabulary of their emotions and they don't have the understanding, I my feeling is that often they kind of stuff them down in between like the sofa cushions, you know, and don't know what to do with them when they start resurfacing, except for, you know, I don't know what to do with this. It's overwhelming me. I'll turn it into anger. Mm-hmm. because I need to make a connection and I need somebody to help me. And this is the fastest way. And at this point, now that I'm a 35 year old man, the only way I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. do we do with this? I mean, I, you know, I didn't want to do just a whole episode. Anger of, Island, com- you know, <laughs> let them fight it out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, we could complain about this fact for another hour, but I mean, this video sounded really helpful because this yeah. was some, a tool for men, right? And I wonder, like, what do you think women also can take away from this? Or they think not that women, you know, not that it's a woman's job to manage or control someone's anger, but maybe there's ways that being aware of this limitation can help her protect herself. Well, I think he talks about signs in the video. And I think a woman can watch that video and also recognize these signs in a man, especially in a domestic violence situation, she's already going to know, you know, she's already going to know like, oh, I woke up and today are this, you know, here are the signs that this is going to be a bad day. But nonetheless, um, it can also help her to recognize the signs. It can also, you know, when I watched that video, I also was able to apply some of that to myself. You know, I, I have anger, you know, and it was interesting to see, oh yeah, this is kind of how things go. So it's human. It's not just masculine or feminine. But as you say, like anger looks masculine. You know, women are are discouraged from expressing anger. I think one of the things that's most important to me about that video is it's a guy talking to a guy. Well, guys. <laughs> so it's, and I think that this is where it's so important, kind of like the inverse of, um, self-defense taught by women. You know, the idea of, I did this podcast a few years ago with this friend of mine, Ananya, and we were talking about 
um, we were talking about race in martial arts. You know, there's, there's, there's not a lot of diversity and we were saying like, well, so what do you do? You know? And it was the same. There's also not that many women in martial arts. Now there's more women, you know, there's more women instructors. There's more women teachers. There's more women running martial arts schools, martial arts training groups, creating self-defense specifically for women taught by women. But first we had to get the tools and it was only these men, these white guys who had the tools, right? So we had to stick it out and get the tools from these guys. And now we can take those tools and share them with our own communities. And because we know how to communicate with those communities better. And I think this video by this guy is like the inverse of that. You know, it's like, okay, so he understands emotions. He can name them and he knows how they work. And he knows how to communicate that information to men much better than I think women do. So how do we as women give those tools to men who can then pass those, to, you know, turn those men into not self-defense instructors, but I don't know, what would you call it? You know, emotional connection instructors, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was a bad name, but nonetheless. Emotional intelligence boot camp, something like this. <laughs> or anger island. Let them fight it out. No, it, it, <laughs> but, but, you know, how could we share information with men and explain, you know, all that stuff we got as girls, you know, they're not going to sit around and read 17 magazine. I'm pretty sure, you know, so how can we, not for the right reason, not for the right reasons. (laughs) How do we, how do we find the men that are willing to translate that information, transfer that information? Well, there are, you know, there are men doing that. There's the good man project and there's other, there's probably a lot of resources for this, but it's so, you know, it's so necessary the same way that what you're doing is necessary that we need to kind of share, um, our strengths, you know, and help, uh, yeah, help, help resolve the issue on both ends instead of feeling like it's only right. one way. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I, it's, sharing that knowledge and sharing that information is really important. Not everybody is willing to, and not everybody feels that it's their job. And I think that that is completely valid, you know, but for those people who are willing to share, make it easier for them to share. If you're willing to transfer like this guy, you know, help him and support him, you know, help him reach more people, you know, share that video. That's, it's, that's a great thing to do. You know, it's interesting too that it's not more common. I mean, because when I saw that video too, and what we're talking about, is, I had never seen anything yeah, like exactly. that. Exactly, and it's actually it's so simple and yeah. it's like so accessible. And um, anyone listening who wants to see it, it's it's on your Facebook page, the Pretty Deadly Facebook yeah. page. So, um, yeah, I mean, just sharing it is super helpful to everybody. Yeah. Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.